Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whichever time you guys are checking us out, and welcome to another episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Xander Scullion, and joining with me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Mr. James Grusom. What's up, James? Greetings and salutations, everyone. I hope you all are doing well, no matter what may be going on with all the crazy mess still going on, but I hope you're good, having a good time, and playing some good games and all that good stuff. Indeed, and you know I'm really, really happy that this is our second podcast this month. This is something we haven't had a chance to do in quite some time, and uh, I do want to tell the listeners that we're going to try to have a normal schedule, two podcasts a month, you know, every other week is a new show. Um, will that happen? I'm not sure. It depends on how things are, because things get crazy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they do tend to. This is a record for a little bit. Like I said, we've had a, a stretch where, you know, we've had since the last episode, like you know, it's been like a couple of weeks, but we had a big long stretch before then. Like I said, we try to do what we can. Lots of times, like scheduling and just life and things like that get in the way. But like I said, we both try to do what we can to get on a regular, a regular schedule because uh, you know it's just a good thing to have and it's great for the people that want to listen. I know what it is for all the shows I listen to. It's just like if it don't pop up, it's kind of like ah oh, man. And then you know we don't want you to forget about us. So we're going to try to be around as much as we can. Indeed. And if you guys enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Rather, you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or um, what was some of the other stuff we have? Um, Spotify. Of course, yes, Spotify. Uh, Be sure to leave us a rating. It helps the show out. It helps uh, more folks find our show as well. And we definitely appreciate that. Now... Uh, there's been some gaming news happening. There's been some stuff here and there. I think I have to address the elephant in the room, something that we always see pop in and out. I think it's it's ever since the Switch came out, there's always been this rumor. A new Switch Pro that has uh, surfaced again. Um, it seems to be it's been rumored that Nintendo is working on a Nintendo Switch 2, but even there are no plans for a follow-up to the original Switch. We won't know anything coming in 2020 because no consoles are launched for this year. But 2021, however, is more likely if recent reports prove to be accurate. After Nintendo released the streamlined and more affordable Nintendo Switch Lite in 2019, rumors of a premium Switch console, a Switch Pro, will be offering upgraded hardware with improved graphics and processing power uh, begin to look more credible and not going away. Nintendo isn't worried about the upcoming PS5 or Series X, which the starts of the competitive new console generation. However, Microsoft's foray into flexibility and mobile cloud gaming on Game Pass could potentially step on Nintendo's toes and develop a digital-only device like the Xbox One S All Digital and the disc-free PS5, which could prompt Nintendo to signal something that's got something new and in the future in the works. Um, despite a lack of official confirmations, rumors persist, so while we wait for more definitive answers from Nintendo, we're going to run with the more likely and unlikely possibilities of a Switch 2 uh, in the future. Well, what do you think about this, James? I think this is something that we hear like every other month about a new Nintendo Switch Pro. seems like almost since the Switch came out, there was yeah. rumors of another one. And, you know, we did get the, the light, which... You know, like a different form, more affordable form. Uh, I think that was kind of cool, you know, to give people that option if, you know, maybe you want to do the handheld only. But, you know, with the original purpose of the Switch was to switch, you know. Yeah. Handheld the TV. So, I mean, like, I could definitely see another one coming out. Uh, It happens. It happens to every system. I mean, we've all 
those of us that have a switch, you know, we've had them for a little while and you know, it's inevitable. Uh, it's just one of those things like, is it going to be something you have to get a lot of times? Like a lot of us, we don't feel like being forced into buying a, another system, you know, it kind of seems yeah. like that one system you get, you know, it's like, it, it should last, you know, we didn't have a Nintendo two. I mean, well, we kind of, you know, we kind of did, but that wasn't really <laughs> anything different, you know, as far as, can I play, you know, these newer games on, on this, you know, without it like lagging or anything, uh, you know, cutting out some graphics. We, we've seen them do this with the 3DS, uh, that new 3DS, which I, I think was, you know, probably kind of a, a failure overall. I don't know the statistics, yeah. but it's just, uh, I, I don't see them, you know, they, they, they seem to, you know, look out for, you know, their fans and people that buy their products. So like, I don't really think they would put out another system. Uh, you know, that it, it kind of negates the old one. And it's like, well, you guys are left back in the dust. Uh, yeah. But I could definitely see, you know, something with some more power. Uh, the Switch will be around for a while, but they still want to compete. And they're doing a great job, you know, now. But with these two new systems coming up, uh, yeah, I mean, you never know what might happen. Uh, I definitely don't think they'll be having, like, a brand new system for much longer. I think they'll definitely ride, you know, the Switch out as long as they can because it's just – been so huge you know with many people that own it you just don't want to you don't want to like lock those people out from like certain games yeah i mean the the switch has been selling phenomenally well uh more surprising than some people expected and you know the nintendo switch or nintendo consoles in general like they usually have a lifespan of five years i mean we look at that we look at like the wii u and the wii and uh gamecube we look at some of the past consoles and it's usually a five-year span i mean Granted, they still make games for those consoles. I mean, hell, we got a, a new Wii U game not too long ago. I think it was like Hawaii Shakedown or something like that. It was like the, the official last Wii U game. And then we still get Just Dance ports on the Wii. So, I mean, it still happens. But I think Nintendo definitely is going to be doing something uh, to some sort of caliber for uh, the take, trying to take a little bit of the spotlight away from the PS5 and new Series X. they got to do something. Even if they say they're not in competition, they have to do something to kind of, you know, but hey, hey, you haven't bought a Switch yet? Hey, we're still here. We're still here, you know? So I think um, in the future, I think we'll have a Switch Pro, uh, a console that kind of has a little bit more horsepower, but at the same time be more uh, affordable as well because uh, a lot of the new games that are coming out, I don't see uh, a PS5 game being ported to the Switch and running that well. I mean, I've been very surprised to see what the Switch can do with some of these ports, like, you know, Doom and uh, Skyrim, you know, games like that. But, you know, some games like Outworlders or, uh, yeah, Outworld, Outworlders, like, it, it didn't do too well. Like, the port wasn't that great. So I'm I'm very curious to see how they how they do with that. Yeah, they've done better, I think, than many people thought they would, uh, you know, with a lot of those. But like I said, it's like you said, with those two new systems coming out, um, you know, how, how much more powerful, you know, can games get? You know, I guess we'll see. And Nintendo's definitely going to do what they can, you know, to keep up. And they still have, you know, their big franchises, which, you know, will always bring people to their systems, I think, as long as they have good Mario games, Zelda games. Yeah, we still got Breath know. of the Wild 2 right around the corner. That's definitely yeah, going to be a holiday be, seller. All the, isn't there all like the Mario, is it the 35th, you know, anniversary? Yeah. The, uh, the, maybe getting the, the redos of the Galaxies and some of the, the older games. 
Uh, things like that will always bring people in. They'll always have their loyal fan base. But, you know, it's still a business and it still is competition because not everybody, you know, can afford all three. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're going to do what they can to try to, you know, lean you over to their side. And still, you know, I said, I think having that handheld, you know, and TV option is still a great, you know, it's, it's a great thing to get people in there because it is something you can, you know, take out with you. You're not stuck, you know, just in this one room playing it. It's like it can go anywhere, like, which is great. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the switch. I've enjoyed the the hyperness of it, being able to play at work and come home, play it on the TV or vice versa. Uh, you know, my my girlfriend has a switch light, and she really enjoys it. And at first, she didn't want a switch light. She wanted, you know, in her her quotes, she wanted a full switch, not a switch light, a, a switch hole. That's what she said. And uh, you know, she got it as a present from my sister, and uh, she's she's really enjoyed it she she loves it and uh moving moving a little bit through the news it looks like that xbox series x might have a two-week head start on the ps5 this is a a little uh report suggesting the ps5 will launch on november 13th now a ps5 will launch in mid-november this year just in time for christmas spending a vgc report indicates sources in development and retail told vgc that nintendo has i'm sorry sony has booked a week of significant marketing beginning on friday november 13th which might indicate the date of the console's release sony has yet to confirm a launch window for the ps5 but Chief rival Microsoft has bookmarked the month of November for its Xbox Series X. According to VGC, however, developers have been planned to uh, put out for the Series X launch in the first week of November. And staff at Xbox uh, expect the PS5 to show up in the week beginning of November 13th, which would give Microsoft a minor head start on sales. Uh, I, I mean... I, I definitely see it coming out in November uh, for those two consoles. I mean, that's just just enough for uh, holiday spending and folks getting ready for it. And of course, like Black Friday hype and you know uh, Digital Monday stuff. I see it happening. Yeah, which a lot. I seems what I heard a lot of the Black Friday you know sales will mostly be like online things. Uh, I imagine some stores will try, but you know with everything going on. I wonder, too, you know, how any of these systems will do. There's always going to be people that will go out and get them right away. But, you know, a lot of people are kind of, like, strung out, like, financially. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of people that are just completely out of jobs still, whether your job is just limited with limited hours or you're just not working at all. Like, that's still happening. You know, yeah. for me, with where I work, it, like, nothing has changed. I've, I've been working more, especially with more online orders that affects my, you know, job as far as like delivery get hit up real bad. But a lot of people, you know, they're still wondering what's going on. Now, I would say if we see a second uh, stimulus package come around, which there's, you keep hearing rumors. Uh, sometimes it's like, yeah, is it going through? Will this person cut it back? This party cut it. This blah blah blah. I, you know, I just want people, no matter what, to like get help. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will need that money for bills. But a lot of people, like for me, for instance, if I get it. Uh, I would definitely get a new system. Uh, I planned on it before, but I, I like having money in the bank. And at this time, like I don't really know, you know, if I if I want to drop five or six hundred dollars. That was the plan initially, but you know, as the 
tax return and stimulus money kind of dwindles down some, I, I like having a little emergency fund. So like, whereas I might wait, and of course, as I mentioned last episode, you know, I did order the uh, analog pocket, you know, which was like a $250 investment right there, but it was something I just really wanted and I just mm-hmm. didn't make that choice. But, uh, I, you know, I wonder about the Christmas in general. I'm sure Christmas will be a distraction and people might try to, you know, go all out just to, you know, uh, it, it kind of escape from everything that's going on. And, uh, but, but you don't know, cause like I said, you know, money is limited and we'll just, uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, holiday and Christmas time, I think just all around. And, and, you know, it's not just the consumers as well. It's also game development as a whole. Uh, we've seen yeah. a lot of, um, companies delay games and, uh, a lot of titles have been delayed until 2021. And a lot of that's because, of you know the different work environments. I mean, you got to think some of these games that use like mocap, like motion capture. Uh, it's harder for them to do it when they're working remotely at home. And it's not something they can do. So there's a lot of regulations. I've been listening to a lot of various like uh, industry podcasts, and they've been talking about the pandemic and gaming development, and it's definitely affecting them just like it's affecting everyone else. So it's very interesting to see what the holiday season is going to portray with the gaming industry and the game market like what exactly is going to happen i mean i mean we'll, we'll only see as time moves on but um another last thing i want to talk about before i get into this really cool game boy color mod that i wanted to tell you about uh yeah. sony sony confirms that it is exploring the idea of bringing more first party titles to the pc uh, competition from online PC games is expected to continue intensively. Uh, Sony has revealed plans to bring more of its first-party titles to PC, to PC in a bid to promote further growth and profits. In the final line at the end of, of Game and Work Services segment of the company's Corporate Report 2020, Sony said that they will explore and expand our first-party titles to, to, to the PC platform in order to promote further growth in our Profits. Now, this is something really interesting that we're seeing, uh, you know, Microsoft and we're seeing Sony kind of go towards PC. And I don't think it's because the the, the home console is dying out. I think it's just them seeing something the, and spreading their umbrella. You know, like we're seeing games like Death Stranding and Horizon Zero Dawn come to PC after, you know, being an exclusive for PS4 for a certain period of time, it goes to PC. I know some folks don't like that concept, but me personally, I think it's a great idea. You know, it's it's always, it's, it's more money, more options. I like everybody to be able to, you know, play certain games that want to. It's yeah. more money coming back to the companies. Uh, you know, that's more money for them to make, you know, newer games too. I think it's just better all around you know it's like why not because you like say you know microsoft's already kind of had uh you know a little bit of a lockdown on that you know where they have like their game pass and stuff on pc uh you know they give that option and and that's the thing i think a lot of companies are realizing it's like people need options depending on you know whatever if they have the console if they have the pc like you know i'm with you i don't think consoles are going away it's just very easy it's just something you know you can see you know go out and get but i mean the, the more places you can get your game out, just like the, the better it'll be. Yeah, I mean, the, the more money a, a company makes from an IP, uh, the more we'll see more games. We'll see, uh, you know, more play, more ways of playing it. I mean, you think of, you know, we were talking like like 
the last podcast, we're talking about the Yakuza series. I mean, at one time, that was just a Sony exclusive. That wasn't on any other console. Now, you know, Yakuza 0 and I believe the Konami series, like 1 and 2 and 7, it's going to be on Xbox One. And I know those titles are also going to be on PC. And I know some folks... They don't. They don't like to think that their favorite games are going to another console. It makes them feel like they're out of a club or something. But honestly, if you really, really love a series like say Yakuza, something that was niche at one point, and there's more ways for people to play it and put more money in Sega's pocket, I, that's a good thing. That's awesome. That means more, more, more Yakuza or more, you know, of a certain JRPG that's niche. You know, that's awesome. You might even get that Sega console we all keep waiting for, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That could happen, too. Probably not. But <laughs> it's fun to think of. But definitely, you know, more Sega games. I'll still I'll stay a Sega fan. It always holds so many memories. You know, it's been around, you know, about as long as Nintendo. You know, if a lot of us grew up with both those consoles around through the console wars, and it's just... It's it's great to see their games out on other systems. You know, seeing see them teaming up with Nintendo now. It's just really a really big change. You know, over the many past decades of things you thought you would never see Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. Like, what the hell? Like, it's like it's cool. I've never actually played that game, but I I think it's pretty cool that it happened. Yeah, that that was a very light luster game. I I kind of feel bad that I bought that. I, I, that I would kind of like to see like Mario Kart versus uh, the uh, Sonic Racers. The Sonic Race, like that, yeah, that would be cool. Or like or like a or like some like sort of like uh, some sort of like Kart Royale where it's like say like Sonic Racers, Mario Kart, and Crash Team Racing and a Battle Royale. Yeah. That would be sweet. That would be awesome. Um. Yeah, yeah, I bought that Olympics game. I think it was right in the beginning of like the whole quarantine thing, and it was on sale in the eShop for like twenty four bucks. And it's normally like a sixty dollar game, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go ahead and buy it for twenty four. I think me and uh, the girlfriend like to play it, and she never touched it, and I played it by myself, and I'm like, oh, this isn't that, this isn't that good. And then then I tried to even see if it had online because it has online on it, and no one else online was playing. Everyone's like, nah, dude, <laughs> you got yeah. screwed over. <laughs> Games. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, was, that was the last time I think I played an Olympic game. <laughs> like, it was good. <laughs> it, it it was good though. I like I like the kung fu fighting and I like the skateboarding. That was a lot of fun. But I mean, I I still feel bad that I bought it. But um, it happens. Yeah. Now the last last little bit of news I want to talk about, and this is, this is something kind of cool. It's a Game Boy Color that's actually a portable Nintendo Wii. Did you see about? Did you see anything no. about this? Okay, no, so it, it popped up on Twitter. This guy, uh, his Twitter handle is Gender of Mods. He posted the latest project is complete. The goal is to make a portable Wii the size of a Game Boy Color, and after nine months of work, it's finally finished. It looks so nice, like it looks sleek. He has uh, a picture of him holding the nin- the Nintendo Wii uh, portable and the Game Boy Color side by side, and, and you know. The the Wii Boy color is like a little thicker, but it's the same size. Um, further on the article, it says um, this isn't an overclocked Android smartphone running an emulator. This is an actual Nintendo Wii motherboard inside this 3D printed case, cut down to fit 
uh, the custom circuit boards, a 3.5 inch 480p IBS uh, display from a car backup camera, a pair of standard 1865 lithium ion batteries, a USB stick for storing games, and a USB C port for both charging and game transfers, and a rear exhaust fan to keep it all cool. Uh, Ginger says that he used the official Nintendo Switch joysticks alongside with some buttons from the Nintendo Switch Lite, hooked it all up to the guts of a GameCube controller, which did require him to add some software hacks to emulate some of the Wii controls, and says you probably know the, the Nintendo Wii also plays GameCube games and takes uh, GameCube controllers, but those controllers can't operate the Wii U, or I'm sorry, the Wii menu, or many of the Wii's own titles. Uh, it looks cool. I mean, I don't I don't know if he can play, like, the motion control games. Yeah, I would wonder about that. <laughs> but, I mean, it is pretty much, if anything, it's a portable GameCube that looks Which really is- awesome. Yeah, if you at least like as soon as you mentioned the GameCube, I was like, oh, I'm like wow, I'm like that. That really adds something to it because you know that's I've never owned a GameCube. Like I still I use my Wii, you know, for any GameCube games I have. And uh, you know, lots of times a lot of us would love to, you know, have the that era PS2 GameCube on some type of portable system. They haven't really really seemed to like you know get that down yet. Like you can get up to like PS1, you know, on there. But anything after that, you just don't see that much. But, you know, to be able to have that would be cool. And since I am such a huge fan of the uh, Game Boy, that just it really sounds like an interesting concept. I'm going to definitely keep an eye on that and see how that's going. I mean, a lot of these dudes are, that do things like this, dudes and chicks, I mean, they're really uh, – I mean, it's really amazing. Someone's just like, man, like, what, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, 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 look at what these people can do. Like, it's just, it's insane. And I'm sure this is something that also would probably, you know, if he ends up, you know, making any, would probably be really expensive. And I, I yeah. wonder sometimes with like the legality of things like that, which sometimes you know, I, you know, I don't mind. There's ways to get around like that, but it, oh, that, yeah. that's something to keep an eye on, man. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see more systems like i said that generation you know in forms of you know and you know whether it is emulator or something you could run handheld actually play your games it just it sounds really cool yeah i mean i've seen portable game cubes before that ran you know disc and everything and they're always big and bulky i mean they were always cool looking but it was like oh it's kind of like a game gear but a GameCube. um but this right here is just so sleek like i was just like man Nintendo needs to call this guy up and be like, yo, um, how did you do this? How much can we put towards this? Because this right here would be like a holiday seller. Like, imagine if they had a GameCube Mini Portable. Like, a little plug-and-play with, like, you know, uh, like 20, 30 games built in, but it's portable GameCube. Oh, my God. Take my money. Yeah, that, that would, that'd be a holiday seller right there. Yeah, that, yeah, it like, would. That, that would be really cool. People, people would be like, Switch Pro what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what people want. Like, we're still lacking the, the GameCube games. Um, yeah. You know, that'd be a good holiday thing, too, if just, like, Switch, like, put out some more old GameCube games that they could for us to play on Switch. Uh, that'd be a good way to generate some revenue, too. You know, people, we always just still want to play, you know, whether it's linked up to, like, backwards compatibility compatibility or what like we still just want that ability to still play these old games we have you know without sometimes having to you know drag out another system if you had mm-hmm. something like a handheld it'd be very easy 
you know, it, it, to get into and just it, sit down and play it, man. That would be great. Indeed, indeed. Now, getting to the uh, main topic of the show, um, you know, I asked, I asked the um, podcast listeners, and I think I asked this question before. Uh, my friend Justin brought it up in our last episode. He's like, "You guys never answered that one question." I'm like, "Oh," but it, I just got lost in between everything. But you know, I asked uh, if folks ever had like some sort of video game or some sort of. Um, console or an experience to help them escape things in life and you know not necessarily like traumatizing like craziness but just using gaming itself as a platform as a hobby to just escape everything else um, you know I, I, was, I was trying to really not uh, when I was asking the question I was really trying not to be like hey tell me something personal that happened to you that made you really really sad and video games made you happy again <laughs> you know like I wasn't trying to do that but you know I think you can agree James that uh gaming just like music or watching a movie something about media is almost like an interactive time machine um there are songs not just video games but there are songs that I can listen to like uh, a good example would be like if I listen to like Mr Monster I listen to Mr. Monster and I think of me and Mikey and his little neon going to Sonics and buying hot dogs during the summer. Like, it's yeah. just weird. You know? Shout out to Jason Trioxin. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, there are so many. I mean, sometimes just a, a song on the way to work. Like, you, you're not feeling, you know, I mean, most people aren't feeling it when you're going to work. I know it's I'm true. usually not. I just get used to it. But, man, sometimes just putting on a certain song on the way there, uh, it, whether it's something you play on your own or you happen to, like, there's still one radio station, like, around town that I'll click on once in a while that I just, it, like, plays a lot of, like, older stuff. And it's like, oh, I'll click on that and that's great. Or I'll pull up something on my phone. And, like I said, whether it takes you back to a certain time or it just kind of just puts you in a better mood. Yeah. Because maybe it does take you back. Because, like, we'll all have those certain ones. Like you said, that just that certain place in life. And sometimes, you know, the earlier years, sometimes we're happier times, uh, mainly because life, you know, a lot of times it was just easier, you know, back then. You didn't have as many worries, uh, you know, as you get older, even as far as, like, bills, or, you know, many people have kids, things like that. There's so many other things. When you're younger, for the most part, like, you didn't have a whole lot of worries. And it's, like, it's always good, you know, just to be able to go back in your mind and just get away from current times, especially now, you know? Yeah. Yes. I asked uh, some of the listeners and they shared some of their stories. Um, Hedna, she said, honestly, right now, Animal Crossing New Horizons is my savior. It definitely is helping me distract myself from my brain firing a hundred things to worry about over my son's surgery, uh, worrying about so many smaller things in, in the game, but the fun kind of worrying. I don't know how else to explain it. And that's that's something I do want to say. Like Animal Crossing New Horizons, honestly, could not have came out at a better time. Um, you know, you think about when that game came out, how the world changed, how how it became like you know the stay at home, and we couldn't really go out and do anything. And Animal Crossing just like it, it definitely helped me out. I was like, oh my god, this is such a good distractor. Animal Crossing's always been that way for me, but 
this time more than ever, I, I definitely enjoy it. And it's the way me and my girlfriend start our mornings. I, I fire up a, a pot of coffee, and I get in bed, and I, I hand her her Nintendo Switch. I pull up my Nintendo Switch, and uh, we start playing. And we Like this morning, we, we made sure we got up early enough that we went and bought turnips for the turnip market this week. You know, <laughs> It's fun. It's one, you know, Animal Crossing is never a game I've really gotten into, but I've seen so many people talk about that game and just, you know, how it's really, like, helped them, especially during this time. So many people, like, especially early on when more people were stuck at home, I mean, that's just a very, just, you know, kind of simple, easy, fun game. You can just kind of sit. It's just a huge, you know, we can say escapism or even just a distraction, you know, where you're just able to sit down and, and do lots of little, sometimes small, menial things that are fun can really just, you know, take you away from it all. Indeed, our our good friend uh, Jared, uh, shout out to Jared. Um, he actually made a video talking about this, and I'm going to have a link on the description. But he, he shared the story. He said, 2012 was the year my whole world fell apart. While looking for a game, a friend suggested Burnout Paradise, since, we, since he knew I liked racing games. So I picked it up on the next PSN sale, and it really did the trick. From doing events to just aimlessly roaming the city while in group chats with friends, it had all the right marks. I remember one night when me and my friends spent all night at his one spot on the pier just driving back and forth over this ramp attempting stunts and having the most pleasant conversations. Those were the good times during my worst days. And earlier today, uh, me and the girlfriend streamed at Minecraft and showed off the world we built during quarantine. We met earlier this year, but lockdown kicked in the week, and we planned to finally meet up. All of our uh, earliest dates involved us playing Minecraft, and we were, and they were some of the best I've ever had. And that that's really that's really cool. That's really awesome. And I mean, um, for me, like I do, I do have to say, like in 2012, um, you know, my dad passed away. And video games really helped with that. And one game in particular, when I read this, it, it reminded me um, of Halo 4. When Halo 4 came out, I remember I played, at the time I was working a different job, and a lot of my friends were also playing Halo 4 and like Call of Duty and stuff like that. And every time I would get home, we would hop on Xbox Live and play it. And that was a great distraction because I was interacting with my friends. We were drinking beers, playing video games. And it was like, at the same time, though, it's like if I wanted to stay home and wallow, I could, if that makes any sense. So that was really, that was really interesting when I was reading that. And uh, he shared the whole story on his YouTube channel. So I'll be sure to be sharing that on the description so you guys can check that out. Um, next up is uh, Tyler Good. He says, in the year 2020, when we were all going through hard times with the virus and political uh, disclosures on both sides of the spectrum and riots, when it gets me through these times, when my two nephews come over and visit me and play uh, motorcycle games, uh, Trials Fusion, that cheers me up from the sadness and the drama that is going on in the world. The time that I deleted the game to save up some space for the PS4, believing that they're done with the game, my oldest nephew... Uh, asked me if I could download the game again, and I did, and I'll make sure to never delete it again. That That's something, too. I think it's really special when you're able to share a uh, gaming moment, not just with yourself, but like with a significant other, a relative, you know, um, sibling, child, you know. That, that kind of stuff really carries on. That's something that he'll remember for the rest of his life, for real. Yeah, and like you said, I'm sure he probably will never, you know, delete that game again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always be on there. 
Oh yeah, and um, and the next one, uh, this last one, is, uh, this is also another uh, Tyler, different Tyler. It says in late 2016, first half, first half of 2017, Forza uh, Horizon 3 and Persona 5 helped me through some of the hardest times of my life when one of my best friends passed away suddenly in December 2016, just two days before my birthday. And, I, you know, RPGs are freaking amazing for, for that yeah. kind of stuff. Because RPGs, like, I, I will tell you, there are so many times in my past where I had, like, that nasty breakup that felt like your whole world was, you know, turning upside down. And I'm like, I'm going to go play Final Fantasy. And it would just make everything so much better, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're like a teenager and your first, like, your first love breaks your heart and the whole world, your whole world's over. <laughs> Until you play Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> it's like it just makes it a little bit better. <laughs> indeed, indeed. What what are some, uh, what are some things, uh, James, that, that really... That really took you away with gaming. I mean, and it's kind of funny. We're talking about Final Fantasy. I actually have that. I have a couple versions. Uh, I do, and a couple games I pick were from kind of like different generations of my life. Um, Final Fantasy, the first one on NES, was one that uh, I, you know mentioned years back, probably on the show. That I got so sick of reading about in Nintendo Power. It was just always in it, and I was like, I want this game. I, just, I was like, I want it because I'm sick of it, which was very odd you know i i didn't i didn't hate it i was like i, just, I was like i want to play this because i'm tired of it and i got it and it was like a 40 dollar game which at that time was really good uh yeah you know, mostly you had your budget games which there's a lot of good ones that were 20 bucks but most were you know 50 or so so to have this game you know which is these role-playing games were, were new to a lot of us and it was the first one i ever played um mm-hmm. and decided to go out and get it and that was one just you know, even in school, uh, being younger when that one came out, like I wasn't a popular kid or anything like that. I mean, school wasn't completely miserable. I, you know, I didn't really hate it or anything. I didn't have a super rough time, but it was one that I was still able to come home and I never really played anything like that. And it's such a, you know, I mean, you always, whether you're playing, getting experience points, uh, you know, getting to that next, you know, level finding that new weapon these secrets mm-hmm. you know also using nintendo power you know to help and it really just kind of like consumed me like you know not in a bad way where i was obsessed but it was just something you could sit down you could easily play for a few hours and yeah you know, there was just always something going on and you know after afterwards i've got dragon warrior uh some people that was their first experience with rpgs was with you know with the free nintendo power cartridge Mm-hmm. Uh, but I played Final Fantasy first, so Dragon Warrior was very easy uh, to me. It, it was, you know, it was so much less complicated, but I still enjoyed it. And then the other Final Fantasy I would say would be really any of the ones on Game Boy, because uh, there's something about uh, just having that handheld system to where you could just sit in a corner of a room. Like I remember my sister moved out, and I was moving into a room and in the process. So like you know, getting a new bed and stuff. I would just sit in this room sometimes, uh, you know, with, with the cord plugged into the wall, you know, to, uh, the AC adapter to save batteries. And I would just sit in this room and, you know, play, you know, a couple of Game Boy games. But Final Fantasy Legend uh, was one of those I had, which just, once again, it's a game that this really, uh, so much in this tiny little cartridge. 
uh, that you could just kind of sit there and just kind of be in your total own world, just sitting in the dark. I mean, I might have had the light. I might have had a little light, light boy or, you know, it, it's something. But I was just kind of in this empty room with uh, uh, pink. The room was pink and this bright red lava-ass-looking carpet. And I would, I would just sit there in the corner playing, you know, Final Fantasy and just kind of just escaping and, and waiting on my, my, my new bedroom to, uh, to finally happen. <laughs> yeah. And then, and man, like that's the way, that's the way RPGs always felt with me. And, and speaking of Final Fantasy legend, you know, they're coming out with a, uh, a collector's, um, compilation of that. Uh, I, they just announced it a couple of days ago for the switch that I think it's going to have all three Final Fantasy legends on one card. Wow. And I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna to have to get this because those were fun games. They're all great. Like I've never, I, I have them all. I've beaten Final Fantasy Legend. Final Fantasy Legend Two was uh, more. I, I don't know. There was a lot of weird things with, like motorcycles and stuff in the first one. Like it was, it was kind of an oddball one. To whereas the uh, the next two seemed a little bit more, we'd say, traditional RPG. Uh, I remember part two getting really tough. I never beat that. I have part three, which I never played. Honestly, lately I've been thinking of starting one of those up again. You know, just as like a little, just a simple one. I could just, hey, turn on my SP and, and jump back into it. But having like a new version of that too, I mean, plus, hey, you can get the handheld experience, obviously, you know, with the Switch. And I'm sure that's a series many people now, you know, that have been playing Final Fantasy for years, you know, probably never played. Because maybe you didn't have a Game Boy. Uh, many of the older games have been re-released, and of course you have other options to play those. But these are three, and you know we all know they're really what are they? Secret of Mana games, I think. Yeah, I was about uh, to say uh, the the Legend games on the game on the Game Boy are actually um, Makai Toshi Saga, uh, the Saga series. Um, that, that that's what actually what's going to be called Collection of Saga Final Fantasy yeah. Legend for the Switch. Now Final Fantasy Adventure. Uh, the first one is actually Second Setsu One, which is the game before Secret of Mana. So that's yeah. like an actual Mana game. It's it's a weird localization they did to the West, but uh, still really really fun games. Trying to capitalize, you know. Yeah, the yeah. is definitely a little bit more your Zelda style. It's had a re-release or two uh, on the GBA. I think it was like Sword of Mana, wasn't that on the? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of like a complete complete type of remake, but they at least they were very more Zelda. Ish style, you know, action RPG. Whereas the other ones, you know, were more, you know, you gotta, you know, uh, collect experience points, uh, everything like that. Different areas. They were definitely more. I think, you know, if you played Final Fantasy, these, you know, the legends were it would be a little bit more up your alley. And I think they've kind of been, you know, left behind. And mm-hmm. I love seeing any type of re-release for games like these. And like I said, they're really cool. Uh, you know, I wondered. You know, with like, you know, are, are they? Did they mention? Are they doing kind of? Is it like a remake, uh, like of them all, or are they just? I I don't think so. I had I haven't had a chance to watch any of the footage. Um, they keep saying it's a Game Boy re-release, so I'm thinking okay. I'm thinking they're just going to be straight up like yeah. you know Game Boy ports, which I mean, still I totally playable though. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're especially on the Switch, really great. Yeah, and you know they'll have some type of. I imagine like you know if you put them in the. Uh, SP, you know, it's like you get a little bit of color mm-hmm. to the old games. So I'm sure they'll probably have some type of option if you want to do the, uh, you know, green and black, or if you want to have a little bit of color added to it. But either way, you'll still, have that. You'll have that nice little more. bezel. Those nice bezels. Yeah. I, I love the bezels. I, I'm pro bezel. 
Like <laughs> any of those games that are like old and they go by the four by three and they had that nice border around it. I always go with it. I'm a sucker for it. I don't know what it is. Some people get some people find the bezels distracting, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's the whole package. Yeah, I like them. Just like they're really cool looking. Sometimes have some good background. Really neat. Indeed, indeed. Now, uh, closing with the show, let's get into games we've been playing recently. Um, we'll start with you, James. What have you been playing? Uh, mostly been playing some uh, Game Boy. I will say I did play the new Battletoads. Um, oh, how was that? I still haven't had a chance to play it yet. You know, it's kind of funny, and I enjoy seeing people's, uh, much like, like the new Bill and Ted, actually, that just came out that you can watch on a video on demand. I've seen lots of... Uh, you know, friends that we have uh, some of the same taste. I've seen many absolutely love it. Some don't, um, which is kind of, you know, interesting, you know, to see. It's like, I just got to check it out for myself. But uh, it's it's the same way with um, with Battletoads. You know, like, yeah, I was Battletoads fan. I was about to say, I don't expect Bill and Ted to be cinematic masterpieces anyway. Like, I mean, anyone that watches that and they're like, oh, this was this was horrible. I'm like, well, I mean, it's Bill and Ted. What do you expect? Either way, because you got to love Keanu and uh, Alex Winter, man. They're both, but, you know, everybody loves Keanu, man. And I mean, oh, yeah. Alex Winter has always, you know, he's been, like, you know, directing, producing both. You know, just seem like really cool dudes, and I'm I'm still looking forward to checking out Battletoads. I've seen people love it. I've seen people say it's trash. Um, I, I admit it. I kind of judged it on how it looked. I was like, it kind of just looks like a like a new cartoon. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I decided to get it, and I mean, it's. I mean, I I like it better than the old one. As I said, I wasn't a, a huge fan of the original uh, the yeah. graphic style. Really, it allows some for some really cool. Uh, like combos, you know, it's like, you know, your total, you know, turn into like a, um, you, you turn, turn into like, you know, different things that you do in the combo, like a jackhammer. Um, it, and I love cell shaded stuff and it's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I kind of judge it ahead of time. It's like, I don't, I, I, I love the style of graphic. Um, there's lots of different like little mini games where you even have jobs at one point. Um, it's just, it, it's been really fun. Has an easy, difficulty level uh you do get on the little uh you know uh little racers yeah yeah the little racing stage um you know was not horrible it was just uh, there wasn't a whole lot of enemies or anything it was just kind of like a fun little uh kind of an obstacle course almost now i imagine it might change later up but like i said each stage kind of gives you a little something different you'll have your beat em up you might have the racer stage you might have some mini games uh i just you know like i said i've really dug it i mean i have the game pass so, like, I mean, it was just cool for it to, like, pop up, you know, on there and just be able to play it. Uh, I think it's really cool to see games like Streets of Rage and Battletoads get sequels that, you know, to me aren't complete garbage and that I've just really enjoyed. Um, so, you know, I, I recommend everybody just, you know, check it out for yourself uh, if you can. Uh, like I said, if you're a huge Battletoads fan, I mean, you'd probably be getting it anyway. You know, and, and if you're like me and never really love the original I, I still like this one a lot you know i'm gonna sit down with it more i've gotten you know a few stages in uh but other than that just mainly been i've been playing some game boy games uh speaking of watching things as i do uh many times lately sometimes instead of game playing it seems uh i did watch uh, uh men in black uh one two and three i never seen oh, any wow. of them yeah I, I, I just 
I missed them. And my I wife think I like, I never saw three. I think I've watched I watched one. I remember one. I vaguely remember two, but I never saw three. Yeah, the, yeah. The three was kind of cool, man. I'm a big Tommy Lee Jones fan, so honestly, like anything he's in, uh, I'm usually pretty cool with. But my wife, she wanted to watch it. She'd only seen the first, and I was, I was just like, man. I'm like, actually, I was like, I, I really like that. Like, I don't know why. I just kind of avoided it. I just never had the option to watch it. But we ended up watching one, two, and three in the same day. Uh, I did doze off during three. I mean, it wasn't because it was boring. It's just I tend to fall asleep sometimes. Uh, but being on the Men in Black kick, and sometimes I do, I did end up getting a couple of Men in Black games. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I got Men in Black on the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advanced. Uh, both were about six bucks a piece. You know, got them off of eBay. And uh, they... Honestly, even these games were way better than I expected, considering they're kind of movie-related games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Game Boy Color one, of course, is you know very simple. Um, you know, it's just kind of a side-scroller, and you're just shooting some things. It's it's not super fast. It's a little slow, you know, like some Game Boy Colors were. And the GBA version, um, I don't know if it's actually based on the, you know one of the movies or if it's just kind of like a little offshoot. You know, it uh, might... It might be based off the cartoon because there was is, a Men in Black cartoon. Called in, it's called Men in Black, the series, the GBA one. Is. That that's what it is, based well, off the cartoon. The Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Color is Men in Black the series, and uh, I think the GBA is just Men, Men in Black. But they might be related to that. And like I said, both the uh, GBA seems a little bit more of a you're kind of walking around shooting things, a little bit more uh, puzzly to where you know you got to find the right gun to shoot down a wall that you can get through. And I mean, I really did. Like I, I really enjoyed both. Like I kind of expected crap, but I ended up getting those. And then, uh, the other one I got was a uh, ring rage. Cause I've been on the hunt of collecting, uh, every, uh, wrestling game, uh, Japanese or U S, uh, on the game, on all you know, game boy, game boy color, GBA. Uh, I think last time I mentioned a couple of new Japan games I got, um, where one was kind of a, first-person wrestling game, like simulation, story mode, kind of impossible to play. But the other one was just wrestling. And, I mean, I had, like, a 25-minute match. I just sat there playing it. But uh, Ring Rage is an older, you know, original Game Boy by Natsume. But Natsume is uh, pretty known, you know, for making good wrestling games overall. And uh, the funny thing with Ring Rage, I found there's also an arcade version, which Mm -hmm. I really like to play. In the arcade version, it looks like Pit Fighter, but it's a wrestling game. Which means it could be wonderfully crappy, uh, and and I just I didn't know it existed. I'm gonna try to see if maybe I have it on some kind of a, you know some ROM of it somewhere. But uh, Ring Rage, uh, you know, it's kind of a simple game. You only got four dudes you can pick from, and uh, there's like a couple wrestlers, like a karate guy and something else. Um, and it's tough. It's a tough game, but it's one. Uh, as I find, I try to look back them on you know with like a. a like my kid mind to where it's like, man, if I had this game as a kid, I probably really would have enjoyed it. Cause even now, if it's decent, I'm like, man, as a kid, I would have been able to like sit down with this thing for hours. Um, but you know, that, that's most of it for me, man. I've just been, been just digging in my little box of, uh, Game Boy games and pulling a few, uh, random ones out. I, I did play some, uh, Yoshi on Game Boy also, which, uh, that's a good puzzle game. I, I was always a big fan of. Yeah, my my uh, nephew when I used to like watch him during the summer, he had a Game Boy with Yoshi, and uh, I always remember sitting and playing it. And I just I just love that game, man. It's just it's simple, it's fun. You know, you got all the cool little Nintendo 
characters in there. And a lot of people, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of people that actually like, like don't like some of the Yoshi games. That might be the Yoshi's cookies. I, I get that. Oh, yeah. Up. But the, the Game Boy one, man, that one's where it's at. It's just very simple fun. If you love Nintendo, uh, that's a great one to play. And also, on a last note, something else I watched. I've been watching the original Avengers series. Oh, I remember uh, you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, one friend of mine I told to, he's like, oh, man, that sounds cool. But he's like, but I don't really like comic stuff. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, no, it's not related to Marvel. Yeah, it's more like a UK spy show, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah even, and they even kind of refer to it as spy-fi because they get into some weird, almost kind of Twilight Zone stuff, like weird robot monsters. I mean, you'll see uh, 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 Peter Cushing pops up on there, Christopher Lee. Uh, I got really excited when I saw, my, I saw Michael Goff. People will know as uh, Alfred from uh, the Batman series, uh, the the older ones, the two Michael Keaton, the Val Kilmer, yeah, and the George Tim Hunter. Burton. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and, and then the other two after, um, all those original four Batman, uh, Michael Goff was Alfred. He was the one, you know, re- uh, you know, kind of like retaining character from all. And he was a, a British actor who I know from a lot of horror movies. And it's like, I just, I love seeing him in there and like seeing him. I was like, oh, wow. And it's just, man, it's a fun show. There's uh, some episodes dealing with like karate and like I said, robot monsters, um, Started off like black and white, and it uh, there was about six seasons. They're not necessarily all related. Some of the characters changed, uh, but a friend of mine like brought like a whole stack of DVDs over. And honestly, as soon as I popped it in, me and my wife, we both loved it. Um, it's one of those like if you like old James Bond stuff, and you know a little bit of like I said Twilight Zone, even yeah, maybe slightly X Filey because you know you got the guy and the girl team. Um, it's just a it's a really awesome show, and I'm I'm really looking forward to just sitting back and watching a whole ton of those and finishing out all the seasons at some point. But that's that's about it for me. Yeah, there was uh, actually a uh, uh, Avengers movie back in '98. Yeah, uh, the so called Life Girl. I, I didn't see it though. Yeah, apparently. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Yeah, apparently had uh, Uma Thurman and Sean Connery. I'm like, oh, oh no, you're right. I'm getting uh, the Claire Danes movie was. Uh, something else no you're right it was i got this mixed up the other day too uh the, the claire danes was something else um i can't i think i can't remember but yes uma thurman and, and i will probably check out that movie at some point too uh after i get done with the series i think it kind of bombed out like i don't know if yeah it didn't do too well i'm looking People at the uh what it was but it's it's man i tell you guys like the the old series is just it's so fun man it's just it's it's one of the coolest things like i've watched in a while it's it's like I'm looking at the um the Metacritic sc- score. It's like twelve percent. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes like five percent, yeah. which which tells me that it's probably pretty good for us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's five percent. I might like this. <laughs> Gotta watch that. <laughs> but uh, for for me, when it comes to games, I've been playing. Uh, I, I've been playing Vanquish. Uh, got that on PC. It's a older game, last gen, platinum. Uh, and you know what's really funny is when this game came out, it was Platinum and Sega. When it came out, it was around that time that everything was like first-person shooters, you know, just bro gaming, you know, Gears of War and Call of Duty. And this was kind of like their take on that sort of style, but they stylized it in more of a Japanese kind of feel, but tried to be as West as they possibly could so it didn't really do too well it kind of slipped under the radar and it's one of those games that years later people are like oh shit vanquish is a really good game so i've been playing that on pc i've also been playing um 
a Castlevania 2 fan remake. And it's a full remake. It's called Castlevania 2 Rebetten. And it's where he uh, he pretty much built this Castlevania from the ground up based off of Castlevania 2. I mean, it's got the same premises of Castlevania 2, but of course better translations. Uh, he added more to it. He's even added some sprites from like previous games and redid some of the music. It feels like a whole new experience, and that that was a free download that he had up. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. I like like playing Castlevania, so been playing that and uh, Animal Crossing. Um, I, I mean, I've I've talked a lot about Animal Crossing, and uh, last but not least, I'm still trying to finish. This is a really funny story. I'm still trying to finish. Dragon Quest XI's demo, so I can finally play my copy of Dragon Quest XI on the <laughs> Switch. Uh, <laughs> it, the demo is like, I think they said the demo is like 15 hours long, and I'm like four hours into it, and I keep, I play a little bit of it, I put it down, I pick it back up. What I really like about Dragon Quest XI is whenever you pick it back up, it's like, hey, here's a summary of what's been going on. So I've not lost my place of what I'm doing. Ah. Which is really good. I mean, I may have forgotten some of the controls here and there, but the story, I know what's going on. But they say when you beat the demo, you take all your experience from the demo and you bring it over to the full game. So you don't have to go back through the beginning and all that stuff. So that's why I'm just trying to beat the demo and then use my save and go back to the full game. So I've had this game since like March and I haven't even played it yet. Uh, yeah, that's a really cool uh, option. I think they added in. I, I should check out the demo on that. I probably probably wouldn't get that far into it. I might just jump on one of the old Final Fantasy Legends. I might just do that instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, guys, this uh, concludes another episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. Again, if you enjoyed uh, this episode, be sure to leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. really helps the show, helps uh, more folks find us. And if you're listening to us on some of those platforms and so you want more gaming content, check out my YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Xander Scullion, where you can actually listen to some archived episodes as well of Excess Gaming Podcast. You can listen to me and James talk about the Nintendo NX. It <laughs> <laughs> seems. Some Yakuza in there too. Oh my God! It feels so long ago back when we were like, "Yeah, what's this Nintendo NX?" I was just thinking the other the other day when we had um, Kid Shuriken on the show. And I was like, oh man, I got this confirmation on the on the new Nintendo console. It's going to be called the Nintendo Deluxe. <laughs> and we're like, it sounds like a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty good. <laughs> I know, really. But anyway, guys, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, happy gaming. Have a pleasant evening, everybody.